Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm here with my beautiful, wonderful, greatest mother in the world <laughs> wife, Michelle. Thank you, sweetie. Hi, everyone. So good to have you with us. We are recording this on Sunday, May 12th, 2019. Happy Mother's Day, everybody yeah, out happy there. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. Yes, I want to give a special shout out. First of all, to, I just mentioned it, my beautiful wife, Michelle, who Aww. is the best mother you will ever find <laughs> oh, in the world. I mean, sweet. I can't even express it. Not only is she the partner on this podcast, she's also my partner in Disney shenanigans, <laughs> but she's a wonderful mother. I, I, you, I couldn't express how great she is uh, to her son, Scott, who is a special needs child, to my son, Nick, who uh, is a great kid, but she treats him just like as if he is her own son and her wonderful daughter, Kelly, as well. And uh, she is just a great, great, fantastic mother. And we uh, really want to celebrate her today. Well, thank you, sweetie. Uh, I'm very, very blessed to have a wonderful family. It's, you know, one that has kind of been put together for us and it works and it makes life great. Yeah, you make life great. You do so much for this family. I really, really appreciate ah. everything that you do every day, but especially on this day, Mother's Day. I also want to give a shout out to my mother, Patty, who is uh, so wonderful and has raised me the way I am today. And I'm so lucky to have her as a mom. And I want to give another shout out to Michelle's mother, Rita, who is just a strong, wonderful awesome woman as well. Oh, nice. I want to echo that. Uh, Patty is the best mother-in-law. I know that some people might not really have a close connection with their mother-in-law, but I am very fortunate. Uh, we have a great time. We love being with her mm -hmm. and vacationing with her. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's super, super supportive. And, and yes, as you said, my mom, Rita, who has raised me to be a Disney-loving mm -hmm. girl. Yes. <laughs> she's done a fine, fine job. And, it's, and to all you mothers out there, there's so many, I could name so many of you who are listeners to, and friends of this podcast, but I'm afraid I would leave somebody out and I just right. don't want to do that. But just special shout out to all of you. You know who you are. We love you all. Thank you so much for being the people that you are and the mothers that you are. You are wonderful, wonderful Disney mothers. Exactly. So let's get on with today's show. Uh, thanks for joining us today. In the future, of course, you can find us on our own website. We're polishing up our website. It's going yeah, to be looking really good. looking good over the next, well, I hope to be make it looking good over the next few days, next couple weeks. Uh, yeah, that, that website is HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. You can also, the, the best places you can find us and subscribe to us on are on iTunes and Google Podcasts. Those are the key places. However, you can also find us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Lots of places to find us, and we really appreciate it when you do. Right, and if there's another platform that we're not found in, just let us know. Mm -hmm. And uh, we really do appreciate if you do listen to our podcast and you like what we're doing, give us a little rating, or if there's some feedback for us, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and just even just tell a friend. That's, we appreciate right. any of that so much. It really helps our podcast. We also love hearing from you. This is an interactive show. Uh, we love all our Hyperion adventurers. You can find us on social media, on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and I believe Pinterest now, mm -hmm. Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And you can always email us at HyperionAdventuresPodcast at gmail.com. Right. And again, we really have such a great time on social media with everybody. We have a great family out there that we interact with, and we have so much fun. We do hope that you follow us on Twitter because... 
it's it's a fun and kind of crazy group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a crazy group, but we have a good time with everybody. It's it, great. We have a great uh, Disney podcast family out there, Disney bloggers, Disney podcasters, and just Disney friends that we just have a wonderful, wonderful time with. And we'd love to have you along with that group and, and enjoying us uh, all together and just just having a good time out on social media because sometimes social media could be negative. We have a very, very positive and fun group. Absolutely. And uh, we, a lot of times we'll either try to put out their ideas for podcasts or to get your input on mm-hmm. some of the things that we're working on, because as Tom mentioned, we want this to be interactive and we actually do have some additional feedback from our last question out there right? yeah from our last topic from last week's episode which by the way thank you so much you, you guys downloaded that episode you listened to that episode and we got some great response on it it was our, our disney our five favorite disney heroic songs right. and uh there was i got many of you on to the last podcast but there are some of you that chimed in after we had recorded but we didn't want to slight you we wanted to make sure that you got your input in there so thank you so much so here's some of the people that chimed in with us on social media first og hyperion adventurer amy came in with her favorite heroic song and that was Hercules Go the Distance nice. one of our yes. one from our list as well uh, part of our world podcast Keenan and Rachel we love them there you can find them on Twitter at P-O-O-W podcast at part of our world podcast uh, there here was their order here's mine he said my five no particular order Star Wars theme Avengers yeah. theme Incredibles theme <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean theme and Ray's theme so all, all- a, lot, a lot of instrumentals but great great songs. Songs. Right, great songs. Some of which are on our run list. Yes. So, powerful songs. Yes, and several that made our list as well. Right. Uh, Abby Normal, 22, who you can find at Abigail Bork. I always find it interesting that her 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 handle is what I believe is her real name, but she, right. her, her actual title on there is Abby Normal 22. It's so cute, Abby. It is cute. Uh, her, she went down the list. Number five is down in, uh, down in New Orleans from Tiana. Nice. Uh, number four was You've Got a Friend in Me for Woody. Right. Number three was When You Wish Upon a Star. I didn't give anybody in particular for that one. Oh, wait, no. She said Mickey. I'm sorry. When You yep. Wish Upon a Star, Mickey. Uh, number two was Once Upon a Dream for Aurora. And number one was Strangers Like Me from Tarzan or for Tarzan. Right. So those were great additions because I don't think we captured that uh, Mm -hmm. in most of others. So thank you, Abby, for sharing those with us. Yes, uh, we really appreciate that. And she chimes in all the time and is out with us on social media so much. She's a good friend of the show. Uh, Think Mickey Thoughts, uh, who you can find at Think Mickey Blog, uh, gave us this list. Uh, Number one was Go the Distance from Hercules. Mm -hmm. Again, one we've mentioned a few times. Almost There for Tiana. Three is the Avengers theme. For the original six Avengers, uh, number four is "Proud of Your Boy" by uh, from Aladdin. Nice, yeah, that's a good one. Yes. I didn't really think of that one. And number five was "Rogue One," the Rogue One for the Rogue One team. Yeah, yes, the Rogue One yeah. team. Yeah, Rogue One team. Yes. <laughs> uh, also, he wanted to chime in, or they. I'm not even sure if it's a he or she or they. Uh, not sure if it counts, but I also love "Fantasmic," the theme for Sorcerer <laughs> Mickey, which was my number one. Right. So we're in sync on that one. So I guess it fits. Right. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, Renee Verada uh, chimed in. She's at One Mom's Mess. Uh, Star Wars theme, Pirates of the Caribbean theme, and the Avengers theme. She says they did an amazing job programming us to relate those themes with the main characters. Agreed very much on that one. And finally, the Hybrid Family. You can find at the Hybrid Family. Uh, Easily the best hero song of them all is Make a Man Out of You from Mulan. Nice. Yep. 
I agree with that. I agree with that. You had yeah, that I had as, that one on my list. You had the reprise on your right, list. Right, you yes. list. So thank you so much for everybody chiming yeah. in for last week's episode. You can still go back and listen to it if you haven't checked it out yet. We had a lot of fun on it. But let's move on forward to this week's episode. We have a lot of stuff for you today, including a new Spider-Man trailer dropped this week. Yeah. We received details on the many films Disney and their affiliates will be releasing over the next several years. There's a new annual pass option for the Disneyland Resort, and we are less than three weeks away from the opening day, and we're getting even more info on Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. We're going to share some of that with you. But before we move on to our Mother's Day topic, we wanted to talk a little bit about something that we did. Actually, it was just yesterday, and we are recording this, of course, on Sunday. We uh, did this on uh, Saturday, May 11th. We ran in the inaugural minion run at Universal Studios Hollywood. We sure did. It was a lot of fun. And and especially now that we haven't had any run Disney events out here mm-hmm. uh, in recent times, it was great to have another opportunity to, to go out there and do, you know, even it was, just, it was a 5k. They didn't have the other runs like a run Disney, but it was fun doing something like that. And then also checking out Universal Studios. Yeah. Uh, we don't get to Universal Studios very often. We're, we are huge Disney fans, but we do like Universal. Well, we are fans of Harry Potter, so right. it was great to go visit Hogsmeade and the Wizarding World and everything. But uh, yeah, since we haven't had any of these races on the West Coast in a year and a half, Run Disney hasn't been out there for so while, for such a long time. Uh, we were looking for any way to run through a theme park because <laughs> right? we haven't run through a theme park in a long time. So this race came up. We were excited. We we're like we jumped right in, signed up for it. Uh, it was a great time. Uh, it was a great chance to run through a theme park again and and just kind of live that life it's just so fun yeah i mean and, and it, it like you said it, it was fun and had you know the all the essence kind of of the run disney where you're getting to run through the park you know it's different sites mm-hmm. but uh being you know for me now living here in southern california and i know you were born and raised here mm-hmm. you know the appreciation for the original universal studios with original sets and things mm-hmm. like that there that you could really appreciate some of that history as well yeah when you go to universal studios hollywood the one thing about it is this is really a true working studio i mean, it's been working for over 100 years out there or maybe it's the 100 year anniversary i'm trying to remember but it's around 100 years mm-hmm. that it's been there doing films in Southern California, and they are currently working on things. We were out there. We couldn't go down certain streets when we were doing the studio tour right. because of the fact they're filming television shows, they're filming movies. Lots of your favorite shows were, are, were filmed right there on site, and they were doing that currently. And they, they're constantly doing that when you go out there. So it's always interesting. It's always a little bit changing. But let's get back to the race a little bit here. So interesting thing about this race is if you know run Disney races, let's just face it, in Southern California when they're in Anaheim, pretty flat course. Florida, very flat course. Right. Florida is pretty darn flat. Universal, a little bit different. It's If you know the place, it's built on a hillside. So right. the actual theme park itself, most of it is on the upper level. Most of the studios it's themselves are down kind of down the hill, a little yes. bit in the valley down below. The course took you both on the upper part of it and the lower part of it. So it was rather challenging for a 5K <laughs> because right? there were some pretty good inclines, both down and up up so that made it kind of interesting as well it did it made it you know such a different kind of unique course in that regards you also uh what i noticed is that we did some of that more challenging area towards the end of the race (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh wow but i mean again uh 5k 
you know, if you're up in shape and you're running it fine, if you're not and you're doing some walking, the course had course some, was a little tough, <laughs> little winding areas, yeah. some sharp turns here and there made it pretty interesting. Yeah, it was it, um, it was enjoyable and it was different because of that fact. Now, I'm not sure if they we didn't get to see the back of the pack, so I'm not sure if they were sweeping the back of it to keep up. They did post that they were expecting you to keep up at least a 17 minute per mile pace, which is a minute longer than it is for most run Disney runs. Uh, I would assume that they did that because of the hills and everything right. that obviously probably is going to take you a little bit longer, especially if you're not quite in the shape to run uh, these races as much. Uh, but I never saw that, so I can't verify for sure if they were sweeping behind or not. But uh, still was a great time. Lots of people having fun. They had some great areas for photo locations, lots of great characters. You got to take a picture next to uh, the Jaws scene uh, right. where the sharks were out there and they were running, uh, running. They were swimming around. <laughs> the shark was out there swimming around. And that's really great because when you do the studio's tour, you're you're on a, a vehicle riding around mm-hmm. there. Here we we were running it, so you could actually stop and be very close to these sets that you wouldn't have had that opportunity in any other capacity. There. Yeah, absolutely. We went right by uh, the Bates Motel yes. and the Psycho House, the real, actual Psycho House that well, was used from it. the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really cool. We went by uh, a set that's from uh, the live act from the War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise, where they actually. Uh, built a it's still there it's a set they they crashed well they didn't really crash but they took a 747 and made it look like it had crashed and Amazing. so they had this whole 747 out there that's laid out and it's pretty incredible to to run by and see this thing that they actually took a real plane and destroyed it right. and put it out there to make it look like a, a plane crash and so much detail mm-hmm. out uh, around it skewed or all around it and it was crazy and interesting and then when we did later on the actual tour on and we could see footage from the film where they did it. So it was kind of fun being there first, running through that area, being able to take some pictures, and then later on seeing film clips associated right. with it. We also ran through Hogsmeade, of course, which was really cool, except for the, the cobblestones were a little tricky to run. <laughs> I mean, it's a really cool area, <laughs> right. and it's really immersive and fantastic. Cobblestones are a little tricky to run on sometimes. Yeah. Uh, went through Simpsons Land, through Springfield, through Simpsons area, through uh, Despicable Me area. We went through plenty of it and it was a good time and uh, I would highly recommend it they're having another one in November for Jurassic Park or Jurassic World I can't remember which one specifically they tied it to but it's a Jurassic themed right. race coming up in November uh, we, we may or may not do that when we're not sure yet but it is definitely yeah, it might conflict with some dates of things we that's, already have planned true. we're just trying that's to true. Figure it out. So here's a few of the things that they got right about this race. Uh, the ability to pick up your bib the morning of the event, as opposed to run Disney, which I know that there is an ability to do that, but they don't publicize it and they don't really want you. They really want you to pick up your bib at least the night before and usually like by eight o'clock. They wanted you, of course, for Universal to do that as well. And we actually were able to accomplish that. But if we had not been able to, we could have got our bib the morning of the right. race really early. The race started at 6 a.m. We could have picked it up at 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m. or whatever so, the case right. may and be. That, that is a nice plus to have, especially if you're traveling. And this is something that we've talked about either, you know, whether you're driving and you're hitting traffic the night before or if you're traveling, flying in and you have some delays with 
flight. You don't have to have that fear of, hey, I might not even be able to get into this race. Right. Absolutely. So that was really nice. Uh, they had some great cut. Uh, we talked about a lot of these already. Great character and photo opportunities mm-hmm. throughout the, the park and throughout the run, which was really great. Uh, they had great signage, which is actually something that I would want Run Disney to pick up is they had signage throughout the parks that would kind of direct you to where, because if you don't know the a lot of the parks so well, maybe you don't know exactly where the restrooms are. There were always signs pointing to where the restrooms were yes. along the course. And there were signs like, hey, there's a photo opportunity coming up. So maybe you want to get your phone out of your uh, sleeve that if you're having a listening right. to your music or whatever your case may be, have your camera ready to take a picture coming up. They kind of warmed you slightly ahead of time so you could be prepared for that next picture. Yeah, those were really nice benefits that they had. Um, and like you said, the restrooms, because... It, you know, even if you've gone to a park, sometimes you don't remember like which exact turn or if they're set back, mm-hmm. you might not notice. And you're right. The signage was super helpful mm-hmm. in this race. Uh, agreed on that. Uh, some ways they need to improve. Now, this was their inaugural race. This is the first time they've ever done an actual running event at Universal Studios Hollywood. So we're going to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt on this one and why maybe they're not up to uh, perhaps say uh, to run Disney. But uh, here's a couple things they need to do. The organization, like the crowds, to begin the race were a little convoluted and confusing how they were going to allow people in at what rate and what spot. It wasn't like run Disney has a pretty specific year in the A group, B group, C group, whatever, you know, there may be some branches within each of those different start times within each group, but you kind of know if you're in the C group, okay, well, a B is going, and then it's going to be our turn. Right. Right. Yeah. We were kind of lost in our corral. We had no idea where we were and when we were going to be starting the race. That's right. I mean, actually you weren't even assigned a corral. It was kind of, upon arrival of Mm -hmm. which area that staging area that they placed you yeah which it's fine but it would just it was they were leading people in from different parts of the where people seemed like i couldn't tell like okay are they going before us or we going before them and you know where are those people going and are they going to move ahead so it was just a little confusing i just something that i think they could work out and then post-race the directions post-race they you know good run disney really does a great job of you know getting you through the finish line Mm -hmm. getting your medal you know guiding you to water guiding you to medical care, guiding you to get your snack box and your banana or whatever else you might get and out to where you can meet with your loved ones. There was not a real good direction once you finished the race uh, where to go next once you got done. I mean, there was a great pictures opportunity that people were lining up for. There were water. There was bottles of water. The water was instantly. You had that. But, and after that, like, I couldn't find necessarily where medical care was. If you, if you had had something, if you, mm-hmm. you if you had hurt yourself, you know, strained a muscle, whatever the case, just wanted some ice on your knees, whatever, afterwards. And we roamed around a while before we finally found the direction. There was no one directing anybody and it wasn't direct and the, the flow wasn't going to where the snack boxes were. We finally eventually found them, right. but it was a little difficult to, to, to track it down. Right. You know, and you just used the word I was going to say the, the flow wasn't there, mm-hmm. um, as much as they had wonderful signage throughout the run part, it was like you're saying post, they didn't have a lot of signage. We ended up asking people where things were and, you know, and I understood because of the space that they had available that they had to move some things a little further away for the runners, like you're saying, to get there, to get the snack boxes and have a couple other photo opportunities in, in that area. But if if you didn't know to look for it, 
which it's the inaugural, so who would right. know? Yeah. Um, it was not easy to find. Yeah, it was a little tricky, and I think they just could have, even if they just had a couple people, even if you're not within the flow directly from the finish line, but they, if they had a couple people directing people, like, you know, this way for your snack box, this right. way for medical. Uh, if they had some people there directing, or, you know, the signage was so good on the course, the signage was not good post-race. Right. Right. Yeah, they could have done better. One more strike that I have against them right now is that we are now, what, uh, 20, 30 hours or so, maybe 32 hours post-race. We still have not received our pictures yet that they took. They had plenty of photographers, just like mm-hmm. on Run Disney, plenty of photographers out on the course, photographers that would take your picture afterwards. They had a site to go to. You scanned it. They would take you to the site where they're going to be. They still have not posted those pictures. Now, I know Run Disney, it takes a little while sometimes to get those. But usually by the end of the day, right. uh, first day, you have your pictures posted so you can look at them. They're still not posted yet. I know they'll get to it. It's just one of those things like I, I like a little bit more experience to it. Sure. Now, I also know that other races, I'm comparing it to run Disney specifically only because this is through a theme park. If you're running other 5Ks, other 10Ks that aren't related to theme parks, sometimes it can take a little bit longer to get right. your photos. But because of the fact that these are companies that directly work with photos all the time, I kind of expect that they come more directly a little sooner to you and they just have not done that yet. I just like to see them get up to where run Disney is and getting those photos. Cause it's part of the things that you love about going on exactly. those course. And with the, I mean, yes, you're taking pictures with your own phone, with your own camera when you're out there, but they had those photographers out there on the course specifically. Uh, so you can get these great shots and, and have those, uh, those great cameras that they use. And I just would like to see those pictures come a little more directly. Right. Right. And it is kind of surprising coming from universal because they do have that same kind of photo opportunity within their regular park. So I'm just not sure what, what right. glitch happened there maybe but again they're, they're i'm we're giving them the benefit of the doubt this is the first time they're doing this and i think they will learn from this and get better as they go through it i think I, what happened this week was great i still enjoyed it we had a good time uh, i think november they'll learn from it and maybe do even a better race and if they continue this on they they will get more used to it and get better as they uh, move on sure and, and like you said it was the inaugural one so for inaugural one i thought it went pretty smoothly mm, yeah, you yeah. know and easy to to do easy to find most things so you know i i thought it was good um hoping that if they do continue to do this that they also add on like a, at least a 10k with it um it's tough where they are though the only problem with that is where the way universal is set up and we, mm-hmm. we it's just there's just not a lot, as much space to That's run true. out there I mean, I and they are in very busy streets. Areas that they might be able to uh, close off some streets around there right. to possibly do it, but uh, it'd be kind of difficult for the space that they have That's available, true. as opposed to, uh, you know, I mean, even Disneyland has two theme parks to run through and a lot of its own back lot that they can right. put people through in their own hotel areas. It's a little more difficult for the kind of the the hilly area and what. Universal has there and maybe they'll be able to do a 10k I'd love to do it if they do have one but But. I'm not sure if they will Uh, but I I really believe that run Disney is getting back to the West Coast sooner rather than later Mm -hmm. I think I really think when we get to the D23 Expo and we're going to talk a lot about the D23 Expo as we get closer to it that one of the things we're going to hear is that we're going to start seeing some races returning to the West Coast sure it would make sense I mean since they have decided to not uh, proceed with the hotel that, mm-hmm. that they were originally planning, which kind of really hampered the issue of the Run Disney races taking place there. That's that's our hope. That's our hope. That's our hope. I also want to talk just a little bit about our day at Universal Studios because when we did sign up for this race, we also got discounted tickets to Universal Studios to go along with it. So we had a great time. We, we've been there a couple years ago. I hadn't been there in a little while 
but uh, we didn't go on a lot of attractions because as it would happen on a race day, a lot of people got that discounted ticket and it was pretty busy in it the park. Was. So a lot of the attractions, it was also a week and a Saturday. So a lot of the attractions were uh, pretty busy. We did right. go on a couple of attractions. We saw the Kung Fu Panda thing and we did the studio tour, which we talked about right. a little bit, which is always great. And uh, always, uh, I used to go a lot as a kid. And so it always just brings back memories for me to, to go back and do the, the tour itself. But we did a lot of the shows. We did the special effects show, which is always great and fun. Absolutely. I mean, if uh, if you go down memory lane of Disney MGM Studios, where they had, you know, some shows and, and activities related to making movies, this was kind of that all wrapped up in one show. Right. It was it was a great time. We've seen that one before, but that was great. What we really also enjoyed was the Waterworld Stunt Spectacular, yeah. which was actually an amazing show. I'd never seen it before, heard about it. We just never gotten a chance to go out there and check it out. But it was an amazing show. The stunts were fantastic. Right. The fact that they add in the water and these jet skis and boats and so much stuff and fire. Yeah, a lot and, of pyrotechnics. Yeah, it was just stuff. it was really, really cool and interesting show. And they used actors that have actually been in things that you may have watched before. I mean, I think they're probably side characters or did bit parts. And right. there are a lot of them were lead characters necessarily, but they were they were in things like when they, they, even at the end they announced it like this is so and so he was in CSI you know and this is so and so you know they were in nine one one you know or whatever right you know, right interesting so, stuff and yeah cool. a lot of like stunt doubles and what was really neat too was at the end. Um, as you were exiting, they the actors actually stood out there for a while and were there to take photo ops just with people's own personal cameras and things. And it was really wonderful to see them do that and be very interactive with the crowds. That mm-hmm. was a great touch. And the line when we went anyway was not that big no. for those pictures. We, we took a, like two or three of them right. with two or three of the characters because uh, we, we was actually surprised. We heard they were going to be out there and we're like, well, we'll never get to them by the time we get right. out here. There'll be this huge line. We won't bother with that. We started to walk out and I looked back and there was like, there was hardly any line. I'm like, let's go take some pictures yeah. with these people. And we had a great time. And uh, you can check us out on social media we have i posted a bunch of those pictures out there i also got a great shot of this one thing that happens in there i mean if you want to check out the picture and see it i got lucky with the photo i'm not going to give it away in case you, you did go well. see this show but it was a great great shot of that uh we also went of course to hogsmeade we have we told you before we're big fans of the wizarding world so we had to go check out uh, a lot of the stuff that was out there we didn't get on the attraction as i said there was a long wait but we did get lucky enough to uh go eat at the three broomsticks and had a nice lunch there we had a couple of shepherd's pie with salads yeah, and a couple nice. beers that was yeah. good. a couple adult beverages specialty the, beers yes uh, they had their brood specifically for the wizarding world which is really cool and we actually stumbled across uh one of the, on the stage they happened to be there just in time for they were doing the Tri-Wizard Cup show, which uh, basically has uh, some of the wizards going out and doing kind of a dance routine with some gymnastic stuff and some simulated uh, fighting right. uh, that were basically some of the schools that were in the Tri-Wizard Cup, if you remember uh, The Goblet of Fire, uh, that movie. Uh, which was really cool. And we just happened to be standing in the right place. Again, we were very lucky on we some of our photo very lucky. We just happened Great to be timing. standing <laughs> in the right place where they started the queue for the photo. So we were like the very first people that got a photo with the, the whole group that was out there. And that was a lot of fun too. Oh yeah. that was, Like you said, it was just an unexpected pleasure. I think all in all, uh, and I think I made this comment to you too the other day, you know, yesterday when we were coming home is that we really lucked out on timing for a mm-hmm. lot of things. We, you know, we were able to get our bibs the night before, which we weren't 
weren't sure if that was going to be something that would work out. But also, you know, picking up the shows and not having a lot of weights, filling in with a few of the attractions that we saw that, again, not a ton of waiting there. And with that one, I mean, we were just there exactly two minutes before. And we just happened to start seeing that they were setting up for something and there it was. Yeah, it was really, really lucky. And uh, it was a pretty good show. It's a short show, but a, a cool show. Interesting and, and fun to do. And, uh, you know, got that great picture as well. Uh, we also, by what we stayed uh, very near that, we actually stayed at the Universal, the Hilton Universal. That was fun. Uh, which is right adjacent to the parks, which was really nice. And the prices, it's a little pricey, but it's not crazy expensive. We were even able to uh, upgrade to a, an executive room which uh, gave us, uh, as well as, uh, you know, a great location in the hotel. We were able to get a free uh, complimentary continental breakfast that came along with us, which was great after yeah. the run. We, we could go back, shower, and just head right down and get this nice comp, uh, this nice uh, continental breakfast, which was really good. Yeah, it was in a lot of food. It wasn't just like, okay, here you have a, a juice, a coffee, and a muffin. No, they had a ton of food, you know, including smoked salmon and sushi and parfaits, mm-hmm. and all kinds of great food. Yeah, and if you wanted to upgrade, if you wanted like eggs and bacon and sausage or omelets or waffles, you could upgrade grade for 10 bucks each but we did we just didn't think we needed that we no, were going to the parks and we were going to be eating anyway so we didn't do that but i mean the really benefit of staying at that hotel is we were just able to walk over in the morning for the race we mm-hmm. didn't have to get up it's early enough we didn't have to get up extra extra early and drive in and park and find our right. way there we just walked right over which was uh, so great and i highly recommend it if you're going to do the race in november even if you're just going to universal uh and you don't mind splurging a little bit on a hotel uh go stay at the the, the hilton universal i really it's nice they treated really us really nice. well mm-hmm. we had a great room and it really worked out well for us right and with other disney resorts similar to other Disney resorts, you do pay for parking. Mm -hmm. You know, it would have been pretty similar to parking at the parks, but like, you know, you don't have to move your car because you're leaving it overnight Mm -hmm. and things like that. So yeah, yeah, I love the hotel. It, It really looked nice and everybody was super friendly and they also had great signage to help you find where to go to get to the 5K areas mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, really great. People treated us really well. And uh, as far as Universal itself, it's not Disney. Yeah. <laughs> I still love Disney so much that Disney rules, and especially in Southern California. But the tickets are a little least, less expensive. And if you're going, let's just say you haven't been to Southern California ever. Okay. Right. And you're going to do a few days at Disneyland. If you're going to be in town for a week, let's say... You can knock out Disneyland in three or four days. You can pretty much do everything you want in Disneyland in three or four days. Take right. a day and go to Universal. Take a day and go to like Knott's Berry Farm. Or there's very other things. Sure. Go check out Hollywood. Uh, there's various other things to do around Southern California. Come on down to San Diego. We have uh, the uh, Safari Park was right. great. The San Diego Zoo. Zoo. The world famous San Diego Zoo. Legoland. Uh, there's lots of stuff to do around here. Go check it all out. But uh, I would say I wouldn't put Universal in Hollywood as the number one place to go on my list but it's not a bad place to go check out as well if you're coming out in southern california right i mean it has all the you know amenities of a great park theme park you know and if you do love movies it does have Mm -hmm. a lot of great history like you're saying a lot of of things were filmed there from before and it is still an active studios that has a lot of tv and movies tv shows and movies being made there so uh it is a great feeling in that regard yeah i mean these are real i mean not like 
what they've done in Orlando. Yes, they filmed some stuff in Orlando, but that's not the real studios. It's not even what you know they did at Disney with MGM Studios, right. uh, which are now the Hollywood Studios. Uh, yes, they filmed some stuff there, but it's not really the real thing. Yes. Universal Studios is a real working lot, always working. We are talking about it on the way home for these tours that every day they have to kind of look at what's going on and they may change their route every day yes. for the, because they don't know where they're filming things. There, there could be streets that are blocked off because they're filming stuff. When Back when I went in the 70s, oh God, I'm just dating myself. <laughs> uh, they were actually, I, I still have the memories. It was filming a, an episode of The Incredible Hulk back in the days uh, <coughs> when uh, Bill Bixby, Bill Bixby? Yes. Bill Bixby played uh, Banner, played the Hulk, uh, the original Hulk, and you know, Lou Ferrigno, of course, was the actual Hulk. But anyway, uh, I s- remember the actual being there when they were filming the scene of this oil well that went up in fire. And I was uh. there and I could see as we were traveling around the tour that was happening. And that can still happen to you when you go there. It's kind of exciting to it think is. that you may see some celebrities out there. You may see where they're filming an episode of a television show you love or a movie that's coming up. It's really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, they have Will and Grace that's filming mm-hmm. there right now. We get to see all their areas where the they good get- place. They had some streets off because they're really yes. good. They're uh, filming the good place right now. Right. Um, you know, even they even Disney uses some of their mm-hmm. their sets to do some filming too. So, yeah, if you do like movies or or Hollywood traditional or even new, it's it's great. It has a lot of wonderful things, and um, I would say, yeah, I would recommend it. Yeah, and definitely to check it out. Definitely, definitely. So that was our trip to Universal for the first ever Minion run 5k minion we had a rush. great time minion rush well that was more about a video game they were trying to push a video i game know minion rush, but <laughs> minion run i'm gonna keep calling it minion hashtag minion run right uh so we had a great time but let's move on now let's get to the real topic of today and that <laughs> is a celebration of mother's day it was we just had to have a tribute to mom today. I mean, I know most of you are going to listen to this after Mother's Day, but we're recording on this on Mother's Day, so we wanted to be sure and celebrate all you moms out there and all the great Disney moms, and especially the greatest Disney mom who's right here Aww. by my side. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. Uh, so I actually, we actually con- talked about this and batted around a lot of ideas for a while and what we were, how we were going to do this best. And I thought the best way to do this is for Michelle to come up with something since she is such a great Disney mom <laughs> to come up with something great to celebrate moms. I know the pressure was on. No, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And actually we do have a couple things that we're going to delve into as a tribute to mom today and every day. I mean, right. It's, it's always great to, yeah, you should celebrate your mom every day. Yes. Definitely. Yes. So, you know, to start, we're going to recognize some of, our five favorite Disney mom songs. And then we're going to finish off with an idea of kind of like, what's a great mother's day celebration. And, and in preparing this, I really thought about things that my mom and I have done some on mother's day, um, but just kind of an idea of a string of things to kind of make a, a, a lovely Mother's Day day. How to celebrate mom when you're at the Disney parks. Exactly. Nice. I love that idea. Yes. I love that idea. So, well, But we're starting with songs. You know how we love songs. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what Michelle came up for her top five mom songs. This is always... Now, I'm not doing a list this time. This is just Michelle's list. So this will this will be very interesting for sure. Right. You know, and it's funny. Last week when we did the, the hero songs and I had it messed up, I did... I picked my heroes. <laughs> messed up. I actually think you probably had the better way to do yeah. it. I picked the heroes first and then tried to find songs that would, you know, really connect with 
or, you know, showcase those those heroes. Um, this time I did it more the other way. I just went for the songs, the, nice. so, the songs that reminded me or, or had something to do with a Disney mom. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, thanks. So my number five song actually comes from Phineas and Ferb. Oh, oh, <laughs> I know where you're going here. I think I'm going to trick you on this one, though. I think I'm going to trick you on this one. Um, but for any of, of you who have listened to us talk in the past about Phineas and Ferb, we got onto that bandwagon way too late, um, but have really learned to love that show. It is uh, um, a big edutainment and yes jenny from <laughs> disney dni i love that word uh, and that's what we another think. great disney mom by the way yes absolutely and happy mother's day um but it, it's a great show it's great for kids but we um play it for you know like you said scott has his special needs he loves it and loves the the characters and the in the music but anyways i go off on a sidetrack so from phineas and ferb <laughs> here is we are moms we are the moms and we can't resist the calling we are the moms when we hear a baby falling we are the moms and everything you heard is all quite true because moms will always come through <laughs> i was not expecting that one. wow <laughs> That is not what I thought. Which, when you went mom, right? what song you were right. going to go with? Yeah, and I know, I know why. Because there's actually a song that Candace, who is the the daughter of um, Phineas and Ferb's mom, as well as her mom, um, does a song about her loving her mom. But that was her birthday song. So this one, I really wanted to get one that really related to and specifically said mom. I love it. That's great. Again, Michelle, you think she's going left? She swerves right. You think she's going right? She swerves left. Awesome. Love it. Well, thank you, honey. So for my number four pick, um, and this was kind of hard to put it down to number four. I really wanted it up higher, but there was some other tough competition there that mm. I, I really had to put up there. So from Star Wars, Leia's theme. Two weeks in a row, Leia's theme makes it to our show. Right? Deservedly so. (laughs) Deservedly so. So, and obviously she was uh, a one, you know, a mom that we really enjoyed seeing develop from a child of 18 all the way through on uh, Star Wars. Yeah. So. Very much a mother of the entire universe. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) So. Um, And the next song comes from Peter Pan. Your mother and mine. Your mother and
That is such a sweet song. Right? Wendy singing that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's I, just, I know. It's a heart-wrencher, heart actually. Right? And that's why it was hard to put, uh, um, you know, some of the other ones as, as four and five. But that one I felt was a little bit more, heart, like you said, touching of the heart. Every everything. time you hear that song, you just want to get on the phone and call your mom. I know, right? right? <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, I gotta call mom. It's been a while. I got to call. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's so great. I love that. Thanks. And for number two, we have from Tarzan, You'll Be In My Heart. Another great one. And just, you know, that, that movie's so interesting because it just shows you that your mom doesn't necessarily have to be the person that gives you birth. Right. You know, it can be somebody who just, you know, treats you and raises you the right way. You know, it's it's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, another tearjerker moments in mm-hmm. that movie. I mean, you know, when Tarzan's having his, you know, biggest challenge and struggle with his identity, you know, she brings to him that, you know... They are family, and there's nothing that's going to break that bond. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I uh, love it. And, uh, you know, I think that movie's a bit underrated. Uh, oh, but, definitely. Uh, the music in it is really great. Uh, you know, some of the some plot holes in the story or whatever, but the music in that in that movie is, is wonderful. Definitely, Collins does yes. a good job in that. So. so, all right, so there's four. Let's get yeah, to your number roll. one. Uh, so, number one, you know, you just—I don't think you can top this one in any realm of talking about either Disney moms or tear-jerking songs. But from Dumbo, Baby Mine. songs that made us cry a while back you can't make this happen again i know and if you recall we eliminated that one because we were talking about the release of the new one and that was a yeah a slam dunk for anybody so i have to collect myself now (laughs) i know i'm a little little weepy too so (laughs) so good i perfect yeah that's the right song so well and you know i would love to hear from you all if you had some other songs that you felt were great capturing it the disney mom theme Uh, again this isn't necessarily the list of the you know most famous or most notable or lovable moms but i felt these songs were really you know ones that touched our hearts or you know at least generated an emotion like even with phineas and ferb you know a little laughter is always a great thing too yeah um Great stuff and uh, all great tributes to moms and great Disney moms that are out there. So nice list. Thank you. Thank you. And I have to give you credit. um, When we were talking about a Mother's Day show, and like you said, we were bantering around some ideas. I was kind of like feeling, gee, there's not a lot of moms featured or showcased Mm -hmm. on Disney movies. And, And I still kind of stand on it's definitely not prevalent, 
But there are quite a few as I was going through the mm-hmm. list of movies. There's more than you think. There is more than you think. And if you ever need a list of Disney movies, go to a D23 website. They have all the movies um, listed there mm-hmm. by order of um, when they were released. And yeah, there are some, you know, great movies with Disney moms who, you know, definitely show us love and encouragement and all kinds of spirit and support so um, everything you expect from mom exactly yes so great that's a a great list michelle always has the best list and that was a wonderful disney mother's list from a wonderful disney mom thank you baby So we actually have a secondary treat to yeah, our Disney moms. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> and as I mentioned, this is kind of like a day um, to tribute mom at a Disney park. And this is really all, I'm like I said, I'm sharing things that my mom and I have done and some of them on actually on Mother's Day. Um, and it's based at, in the Florida parks because that's where my mom lives. But um, there could be substitutions here and there for Disneyland. But let's start, if we're starting the day, with Sunday brunch at Trails End Restaurants Ooh. located at Fort Wilderness Resort. Yeah, that's, I love, actually, I that's would be one of the places I'd love to take mom or right, you right. as a mom because <laughs> right. I love that. <laughs> right. I love that brunch. Right. So, I mean, if you haven't been there, this restaurant is a real rustic gem. It's in a very, you know, wilderness setting and sport wilderness. Um, it's located just off of the docks of uh, Bay Lake. So you can get there directly from either taking a boat from Magic Kingdom, the Contemporary or Wilderness Lodge. Um, and inside, you're going to find a lot of traditional Americana themed and beam ceilings and um, I, they have mounted animal heads, but funny ones, you know, but it's just a very homey, rustic kind of theme to it. And as you would expect in a, in a, a, a brunch, there's a ton of food that you would like. Um, and if you've ever ordered Mickey waffles at a restaurant and felt like, gosh, I really need a few more of those. <laughs> <laughs> this is the place for you. All you can eat Mickey waffles. And uh, I'm not embarrassed to say I've been known to make a couple of trips back to that part of the buffet. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have. Oh, yeah, you have. <laughs> and it's also adjacent to Crockett's Tavern out there. So your server can readily bring you a mimosa or any of your favorite cocktails. Mm. Uh, and, and in fact, they have some house specialty drinks that are really interesting and fun there as well. Um, now, for there's as you mentioned, we've done brunch there before. On Mother's Day, they actually have some additional offerings. Mm. So they have double smoked pork belly, uh, potato barrels, Ooh. potato casseroles, if you mm. like potatoes. They have carved lamb with mint jelly, chef's pasta, and... Fort Chili. Wow. Yeah. So what are your thoughts about this eatery? Uh, it's it's great. If you like kind of country style cooking, uh, it really is great. They have a lot of smoked meats and stuff there. You know, it, it's it's something that because there's it's interesting because it, it'll hit the whole family because there's great stuff that kids will yes. love there. There's great stuff that uh, mom and, you know, your, your significant other will like if you're more of the manly man <laughs> and you want, you know, I need to have some meat and potatoes. Right. You know, they'll have plenty of that there too. They got fried chicken, which is some of the my favorite fried chicken 
anywhere. Yes. They have they make great pizzas there, so they have all sorts of pizzas as well. Just so much good food. I really, really appreciate that restaurant, and I like it so much. We go there, uh, one, to go for brunch, but even they have the takeout there, which mm-hmm. is not a bad place just to go and pick up a pizza or some of the fried chicken or some of the other things that they have there. It's really, really good. Um, As far as for brunch, I would also recommend the California grill and and the contemporary resort is, it has a wonderful, wonderful brunch. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to experience it yet, but I've known, I've heard from some other people how great that brunch is and would highly recommend that for mom as well. That's a great, great suggestion. Mm -hmm. I have to put that on our list. Yes. (laughs) I heard something about bottomless mimosas there or something along those lines. I can't confirm that. (laughs) So don't hold me to it, but I've heard that somewhere and that speaks to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully that speaks to your mom as well. I love it. Well, after that great meal, uh, what we've done in the past, what I would continue to do is really get immersed into Epcot's Flower and Garden Festival. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, this is something my mom and I did routinely on Mother's Day, so it it does hold a real special place in my heart. Um, Epcot it's always beautiful. You got to admit to that. But and then they do have some other great seasonal festivals going on. But the Flower and Garden Show or Flower and Garden Festival is the most gorgeous time to go. If you can only visit Epcot once, I would say try to put it in that window because it is amazing. I mean, there really aren't sufficient words. And trust me, I used the source and tried to find (laughs) words that would help describe the amazing topiaries and floral displays that go on. And and I couldn't come up with anything that's sufficient. Um, But it is a wonderful tradition to keep. um, And and what's also nice there is that for the topiaries and things, they have some that they they keep year to year that you you know you're going to bank on seeing. And then each year they add some others. So it keeps it fresh. So you can go back year after year and still enjoy it. And I mean, when you're walking through there, all the smells of the flowers and it's just really a wonderful atmosphere. The colors are vivid and bold and they have everything. You know, you might want to check out their um, English wildflower garden uh, or you might, might tend to go more on the peaceful bonsai you know, the gracefulness of that mm-hmm. and the, or you might want ideas for um, container gardening, mm-hmm. gardening, I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> Easy for you to say. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's a way, it's a place to go that you can also get really inspired of what to do at home and, you know, how to bring gardening into your life. And so it is really, really fun there. I mean, when we go there on Mother's Day, we typically don't go on much for attractions because we really just spend the time strolling along, getting pictures and just, you know, really enjoying what uniqueness has to that. Um, Now, I know you've gone to the Flower and Garden Festival. What would you recommend there? Well, let's start off with, it's it's such a great choice because look, what do we all do for Mother's Day? So many of us, what do you get for your mom? or your wife, or whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be. You get them flowers, okay? Well, this way you get them a whole theme park (laughs) full of flowers. That's a great point, honey. How are you going to top that? (laughs) Seriously. No, the flowers there, the topiaries, they're 
brilliant. They're beautiful to walk through. There's so much actually great food that uh, right. has some floral accents to it, gardening accents to it, uh, to try there. The butterfly area is a little fun yes. area to go through as well, where you get to see all these different beautiful butterflies that have been born there and right. flittering around. It's so nice. Uh, I just can't recommend the Flower and Garden Festival enough. It's a really, really enjoyable time. It's at the perfect time of year. Usually in around this time of year, it can get really warm, but it's oh, usually yeah. not hit that <laughs> point yet where it's like July, August, <laughs> you know, September hot and right. humid. So yes. it's not a bad time to visit. Uh, just really, really recommend it. It's a really, really good spot. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you agree to that. Um, so, you know, in this fun day that we're creating, uh, we did eat brunch. We ate a lot at brunch, right? Of course. So, and we sampled some of the unique small plates at Epcot. So we were, we're really able to postpone another meal for a while so that we could head over to the Grand Floridian Resort to indulge in a facial mm-hmm. at their spa, their sense of spa. Um, now you may also, you know, personally, you might rather go for a mani-pedi. That's fine there. They have a lot of other kinds of uh, massages and things like that. So whatever you choose, it is a luxurious treat. Um, and it, it, what's really nice there, it's at that, that spot, it's got a Victorian theme, you know, and you just feel so special when you go there. Uh, they do have another spa, all on property at Saratoga Springs, and that has a different theme to it. It's like a, a 19th century upstate New York kind of feel mm. to it. But both spars, spars are wonderful. They're owned and operated by Disney, and, the, and they're super amazing. But it's a great way to just kind of kind of rejuvenate yourself. Like you said, the weather's usually pretty good, but if it's a hot day, it's kind of nice to get out and, uh, and get into some air conditioning and have that really special treatment. Yeah, and really great if, yes, for mom, of course, if mom's with you to send her out there. But even for your significant other, if, like, say, you know, let them go and relax the day. You take the kids and you go to the parks or you go to the pool or you go whatever. Let mom have this alone time to get away, (laughs) really bask in the luxury of it and just kind of regroup. She'll appreciate it so much. I I really, I I, I like that thought. Uh, The spa and the spas are great. Disney spas, whether it be at the theme parks or on Disney Cruise Line. Yes. Uh, Another great spot if you happen to be on a Disney Cruise for Mother's Day or any time to treat mom Mm -hmm. something special special uh really great way to do it good point yes very great way to get spoiled so uh, definitely all right so we've gotten rejuvenated and we're still at the grand floridian so what we do next would be afternoon tea at the garden view tea room Mm -hmm. so that's also inside the as i mentioned the grand floridian resort you know again you can cool down from the heat um but you have that traditional british style tea service and it's super special um it starts with uh, some really delicate tea sandwiches. It's all served on really lovely china. Um, then you have scones and either pastries or some other type of desserts. Um, we typically like to go a little later, like around three o'clock, because then you get to have the uh, Grand Floridian Grand Floridian pianist playing mm-hmm. there in the lobby. So that kind of enhances that whole atmosphere. Now I know. The first time I took you to tea, you were a little concerned, a guy going to tea and what it was going to be like. But what do you want to say? No, I wasn't. I wasn't concerned about a guy going to tea. I was concerned that I was wearing stuff that I wore out to the theme park and Uh, walking into this this elegant tea. uh, Okay. You know, in a t-shirt and cargo shorts. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> Dillos. Yes, Monday morning monorail. Cargo shorts are imperative. Uh, so I, you know, I like okay. I got to go throw on a polo or something. No, they're they're very fine as long as you're not you know wearing flip flops and swim trunks or whatever. They're fine when you go in there with what you're wearing to the theme park that day. But it is really a nice, elegant affair, but not so much so that guys aren't welcome into it. Right. We, I love it. I regularly go with you. I look forward to going with you and it's a great way to treat mom and a great way to treat your significant other. Um, again, <laughs> seems to be a lot of these revolve around food. Uh, the really little delicate sandwiches and the scones and the desserts are really nice. You can upgrade to a, some more mimosas or some more champagne <laughs> if you haven't had enough yet from the, uh, you know, the bottomless um, one right? at breakfast, <laughs> your brunch. Uh, you can add that as well for a little bit more of a charge, but it's really nice. And yes, it is really a great place to do it. I mean, it's such an elegant resort. Yes. It's the perfect place to have like an elegant little tea service. And it just, you know, it's nice. It's quiet. Um, you can, if you want to bring the kids along, they do have stuff right? for the kids there though, if they don't want tea or whatever they'll give them chocolate milk yes the mrs potts yes yes uh so they do have things on a uh, child's menu a kid's menu for them so they can enjoy it as well um but i would recommend if you can find a way to you know put the kids aside just have some quiet time it's it's really nice to do it that way right right it is great for um a mother-daughter experience no matter what age it's true (laughs) people are it's a it's a great experience in that and like i said uh, if you've never been to the grand floridian resort take the monorail get over there get in there and, and walk around it's it's just an amazing location to check out and with this tea, as I mentioned, in the Garden View lounge, or Garden View Tea Room, you get to look outside as well mm-hmm. and, and really see the beautiful landscaping that they have. And again, it's another being spoiled kind of moment. You know, they really treat you special when you're at that tea service. Yeah. And everybody, you know, they're dressed up in very classic Victorian outfits. Yes. And it just feels like you're, you've suddenly spun away from Florida and you're in the middle of uh, the UK That's somewhere true. a little bit. It's That's really a- nice. Yeah. Very good description. So, um, so going on with this day, probably probably need a little nap after all that. But all that food and <laughs> maybe know. you know a few mimosas, yes, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, um, but just to kind of wrap up the day uh, would be going to the Rivers of Light dessert party. Mm. So, um, you know, mm. if you if you've ever gone to Animal Kingdom and seen the Rivers of Light, you probably know what I'm talking about. It's a really unique show. Um, and you get to really experience a lot of beauty on the waterfront there at Animal Kingdom. And if you haven't done it, I would highly recommend that that show. It's a great addition to the park. Mm-hmm. They've changed it up a little bit uh, over the last uh, few months. Mm-hmm. They've taken away some of the actors, uh, some of the cast members that are out there. And now they have uh, more projection right. type stuff. But a uh, really interesting show. I'm surprised you picked that one over, uh, like, say, uh, The Happily Ever After at Magic Kingdom or yeah. Dessert Party or yeah. maybe something at, I guess, uh, taking mom to Star Wars wouldn't be right. so much. But, you know. <laughs> she, she's okay with Star Wars, but it's not necessarily her thing. Um, interestingly, and, and not to try to embarrass my mother at all, but my mother actually is not a fan of fireworks. Mm. The sound is something that I guess, you know, everybody has different sensory kind of reception. And um, she was always wonderful because she took us to fireworks all through my life. I mean, I remember being a small child and she take she took us to the park where they were doing the 4th of July fireworks and things like that all through my life. And it wasn't till I was actually moved 
out of the house to college. And I don't even remember how the topic came up, but she shared with me that she was always kind of timid around fireworks and the sound of fireworks. But, you know, she never showed that so that we would enjoy it. And she always saw that we, you know, us kids really did love it. So that was quite a sacrifice for her. So I wouldn't put her through that unnecessarily, even though from afar, she loves it because we've taken her to the top of the world lounge several times. And she loves that experience. That's another thing I would recommend too. And if you know someone who's a Disney vacation club member, or if you're a Disney vacation club member, uh, nightcap up at the top of the world lounge with the fireworks and everything is because you have, you look right down on Magic Kingdom. They pipe the sound out there. It's spectacular. They have some great drinks. They have some great small plates. And uh, they have the seven-layer chocolate cake, which is out of this world yes. up there. Uh, I really recommend that also as a possible nightcap for any trip. Uh, but right. even for mom, would, mom would enjoy that as well, I think. Yes. So anyways, that's kind of a... A little bit of a, a day, a Mother's Day at the parks. Love it. I would love to hear how you treat your mom or your significant other, who is the mother in your family, to trips out to the parks. Uh, I think there's a lot of things at Disneyland as well that we could mention. Uh, we didn't get to a lot of Disneyland stuff, but there's uh, there's some great brunches there. There's the tea at the steakhouse. Right, I was going to say, yeah, you could substitute that out. Mm-hmm. You could... Um Blue, Do the World of Color World dessert, of color package. dessert package. So. Uh, the, there's the Blue Bayou restaurant, so great. Uh, Lamplighter Lounge. Uh, we like, we love the Alfresco Tasting Terrace, which is a great place to right. have a, a really nice glass of wine and some light, some really small plates yes. uh, that are, are really tasty and delicious. Lots of great places you can go to throughout the Disney parks and treat mom the right way. Uh, really good stuff. Yeah. So, anyways, like you said, if you all have any uh, other suggestions or ideas we'd love to hear from you or how you spent your special day Absolutely. for Mother's Day for me I'm having my mother Patty over here uh, in just a few hours All and right. I am cooking for both of you tonight that's it's, nice some of you may or may not know this that I actually am I have a little culinary training <laughs> so I <laughs> yeah, like to treat them a little, I like right. to treat them to, to a, a nice meal for Mother's Day I, I do all the cooking and everything yeah and you've already started my day with breakfast in bed which was nice mm-hmm. and tea fresh no, tea. not fresh tea what do you call it loose tea and all so good job it was wonderful and I felt really spoiled there yeah. You deserve to be spoiled. So, Aw, yeah, thank so. you, baby. Anyway, so that's our look back at a Mother's Day celebration, the Disney way. We'd love to hear how you celebrate your mother the Disney way or whatever way you celebrate it. Please contact us on our social media or email. Uh, we went through it all at the beginning. We'll go through it all at the end of the show as well. But that's great. Uh, let's move on to our Disney stories of the week. Yes, Lots can't wait. of <laughs> Disney stories this week. A uh, ton of stuff that came out. We'll start with what happened on Monday. Now, there was a reason why we, we discussed this a little bit on last week's episode that the Russos have said it's okay to start talking about <laughs> uh, spoilers for Avengers Endgame on the Monday. Well, we found out on Monday why. That was because they dropped the new Spider-Man Far From Home trailer that day, which was packed full of spoilers. So many spoilers, I'm actually going to play, I'm not going to play it here because of the fact that there's so many spoilers in it. But if you've seen Endgame, and probably most of you have because it's just crushing at the box office uh check out this trailer uh it one thing that i will tell you that's interesting about this is they told us going into this point that that movie was going to go kind of back in time before infinity war they kept telling us no it's kind of this all happened before infinity war we're gonna no actually this movie does happen 
after Avengers Endgame. So that's why there's so many spoilers in there for Avengers Endgame. And that's why I don't want to get into it. But really cool trailer. I'm so excited for this film. Uh, I know you watched it too, Michelle. And oh, yeah. You feel the same way. Absolutely. It was it was riveting. And it's just like, wow. I, you know, I am so excited to see that movie now. I just can't mm-hmm. wait. Yeah, coming up in July. Uh, we're excited for it. We already have our tickets for it. So we'll get to go to that for sure. We're working on some things to get screening still going and hopefully we'll be able to screen that early as well and give you a review either way we'll be giving you a review we just like to give you an earlier review if possible but we're looking forward to going to that movie for sure other things that happened this week uh disney announced release date schedules for a ton of films hitting theaters over the next few years uh it's really a long <laughs> yes. crazy list uh so interesting that uh, one of the most interesting things I found about as you're going through the list is the, seeing the Fox films which came <laughs> with all the Disney films right? because I know it's you know we knew this was coming and it happened just a couple months ago but it's still it's kind of a little jolting when you see all these Fox titles yes, and mixed with Disney Disney Pixar Marvel Star Wars <laughs> right. it's kind of fascinating well, we, we uh, you know, kind of talking about Fox, we were talking at Universal Studios going through the Simpsons area um, and like, wow, they're Disney now. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what we were thinking about. Like, it's so odd to be walking through a whole Simpsons land, a whole yes. Springfield area. And you're like, yeah, this is all Disney owned. <laughs> interesting stuff but here's some of the key things that came out of that group of films that were released uh, there's three untitled Star Wars films coming yes they've talked about how they're going to slow down Star Wars films and we don't have any coming for a few years I think they're focusing a lot on the television series right. that are coming to Disney Plus right now however there are three new Disney films I'm assuming this will be a new trilogy we don't know Anything behind it, the end of the Skywalker saga is coming up with the rise of Skywalker here, episode nine coming right. up in December. So we have no, no anything about this, but these films are coming out in December of 2022, 2024, and 2026. Kind of sound similar to the pattern of the original mm-hmm. trilogies. And so I think, you know, like you said, where they're trying to put some emphasis on some of the the things that will be on Disney plus. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and it gives them time to figure out how they want it. Maybe they already have it in mind. I'm sure again, D 23 expo, we're going to get some details True. on that as well. There are seven untitled Marvel films coming in the next several years. There are, Two in 2020, one in May and one in November. Three in 2021, one in February, one in May and one in November. And three in 2022, one in February, one in May and one in July. So, you know, we can start speculating now on what those films are going to consist of. We don't know yet, but probably like a Black Panther film, maybe another Spider-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. There's lots of things. And there's also, we've we've heard talks of some other possible new superheroes, Marvel heroes coming into the universe as well. So, uh, again, D23 Expo, maybe get some more maybe, details on yeah. that. Uh, there was an untitled Indiana Jones movie uh, talked about there. It'd be released in July of 2021. Excited for a new Indiana yes. Jones. And there were several Avatar sequels. They were talk- First, they pushed these back. There's, there were several changes. I'm not going to go through the whole list. There were several changes to uh, some of the release dates. They pushed back Avatar 2 to December 2021, but they have three more of them after that coming in December or in December 2023, 2025, and 2027. We'll see if those all get made, right, but very right. interesting to see that we have so much Avatar coming possibly in the future. Yeah, maybe uh, 
really embellishing on in the park of Animal Kingdom, you know, so mm-hmm. it's good that they have something that kind of perpetuates that theme. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see what happens with that. And there are also a ton of Disney live action films that some did, were named somewhere. There was a Cruella movie that's coming out. Uh, I believe it's in 2020. Uh, maybe it's 2021. I'm sorry if I got that wrong. Uh, there's, there was other live action films. There's several Disney animated films that don't have titles yet. Several Disney Pixar animated films that don't have titles yet. Lots. It was just a huge release schedule. You can go find it everywhere online. It's all over the place. But just a huge slate of films coming up for Disney, Fox, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars. It was just all kind of cool. Yeah, really ambitious list. And it's exciting to think, you know, like you said, hopefully a lot of those are going to be made. And But it's just still exciting that they really have a lot of focus on, you know, really continuing their efforts in the studios. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. It's exciting stuff. We can't wait to see what these movies uh, turn into. Let's move from the silver screen to the Disney parks. And that our new news is our new news. New news? I think I said that last week, so I rubbed off. Sorry. Boy, take two. (laughs) Disneyland releases a new annual pass option. This is a very interesting annual pass option. This straight from the Disney Parks blog. Starting on May 21st, guests can purchase the Disney Flex Passport, which offers multiple ways to visit Disneyland Resort, combining value and flexibility. Flex Pass holders will have the opportunity to access one or both Disneyland Park and Disney California Adventure Park on select good-to-go days with limited blackout days. Plus, they can make reservations on other days for the other park right. for more access. That's kind of cool that you know yes. you can get this pass. And yes, you're blocked out a lot of times, but you will have the option to make a reservation for the other park, even if you're sort of blocked out for that day. Yeah, I, I think it's a great thing. I mean, a, a lot of people that um, we know personally, we're not really happy with if you've gotten more of the lower level Southern California pass, mm-hmm. annual passes of how much blocked out time existed. So I think this is a great offering, mm-hmm. you know, or for somebody who doesn't necessarily want a whole annual pass, but have some ability to go into the parks, you know, a bit more. I, I really was excited to hear about this one. Yeah, I think it's a great option for a lot of people that, uh, you know, have been grumbling about the pricing of the annual passes going up to such a, a high rate and the uh, daily tickets going up to such a high rate. This is a kind of a nice cross in between the two. Here's a little more from the Disney Parks blog. Uh, Plans can be managed through the website and the Disneyland app where they can access an interactive calendar and book a reservation. Guests can hold two reservations days up to 30 days in advance with a new passport while also enjoying the good to go days. So you're good to go. There are certain days that you can go to the Disney California Adventure Park. There are certain days that you might be able to go to the Disneyland Park a lot less for Disneyland Park because of Star Wars Galaxy. Edge opening up, but uh, there's is that availability. The great thing about this is the cost of the Flex Passport, which is $599. It's a little more than the Southern California Select prices, which is $399, but less than the Disney Deluxe Passport, mm-hmm. which is $799. So it's kind of that good balance between the sure. two. Right, right. So, and you can also, if you're in Southern California, have a Southern California uh, zip code. You can uh, pay for it, you know, on a monthly basis. You don't have to pay it all up, up front. Right. You can have it just taken out of your account on a month by month basis to pay yeah. for it. So you don't have to have that lump sum right up front. Sure, sure. So, so. very cool. Very um, exciting. Yeah, that's an exciting news for, uh, for people who are kind of bummed about the 
the prices for the Disneyland right. passes or the fact that they'd be blacked out right. of some of these theme parks. So moving on from the Disneyland Resort, let's move to the Walt Disney World Resort. We received a few new details about the space-themed restaurant that's coming to Epcot at the Walt Disney World Resort. Can't wait. Yeah. Most important fact of that is that it's opening in 2019. Yeah. This is 2019. It's opening this year. <laughs> this straight from the Disney Parks blog. That's right. The new table service experience will open later this year adjacent to the Mission Space attraction. No dining experience on Earth can match what's in store because this new restaurant will take you into outer space for incredible dining experiences that are out of this world. Our friends at the Patina Restaurant Group will operate the new restaurant and they developed a menu that features internationally inspired cuisine, more than 1,000 bottles of the world's <laughs> finest wines and a wide selection of craft beer. That sounds fantastic. I'm very excited for I it. am too. I mean, I know when we first heard about this in the past, it sounded really cool. Um, we've gone to restaurants from the Patina Group here in Southern California that we've always been very happy with. So I think they're, it's a great um, organization and glad that Disney teamed up with them for this restaurant. It sounds phenomenal. Yeah, now it's looking like we're going to be going to the Walt Disney World. We're coming up here on a trip very soon, but we're also going to the Walt Disney World Resort in December. One is to try out the Riviera Hotel. You know, we we just added on to our DVC membership specifically to be able to go to the Riviera. We are going to be staying at the Riviera within the first several days of that opening, that resort opening. We'll probably get to try the Skyliner for the first time yes. on that trip if it, we don't happen to get lucky on this upcoming trip and they decide to do some soft openings or something. We now will probably get to try the space restaurant or at least right. we're going to try Hopefully. to get into the space restaurant. So we have a lot of stuff coming up on that. We'll be talking a lot about more about that when we get to our anniversary episode uh, coming up here in just a couple of weeks. By the way, this is episode 50. Can you believe we've done 50 episodes? No. Yeah. No. We, we didn't know if we do five. We're doing, <laughs> this is episode 50. It's incredible that we, and thank you to all you who have listened to us and helped us and inspired us to, to make it this far. So. Yeah. And thank you for those who listened to episode episode one and actually gave us a chance <laughs> to go on if you haven't listened to that one don't <laughs> no need it was a good start for us even if it was a poor start for us it was a good start for us so, but yeah sometimes listening back to that one oof uh, anyway sorry i totally went off on a tangent there uh let's stay in the walt disney world resort there is some more good news coming up as you probably know part of your stay at the walt disney world resort is complimentary magic bands that's exciting that you it get is. complimentary magic bands we all love that aspect of it favorite mail that comes in yes oh, such when happy they, mail when yeah you get those magic they get bands. delivered yep that is that, that, that's the final sign of here we go yeah. <laughs> we're going to Walt disney world uh of course you can also purchase specialized magic bands that are themed on a character or some sort of attraction or various mm -hmm. different things about the walt disney world resort uh well now if you have a resort stay on the horizon you can get a discount on some of those specialized magic bands i think that's pretty cool yes <laughs> that is so cool i am i am so excited about that yeah so this is again straight from the disney parks blog soon disney resort hotel guests and new and renewing annual pass holders will have the option to upgrade at a discounted price from a complimentary solid color magic band to one of more than 30 new Magic Band upgrade options featuring favorite Disney characters and designs. These new Magic Band upgrade options will be available for pre-arrival
arrival purchase at a special price that reflects a $14.99 discount on the regular retail cost through the My Disney Experience website. So, yeah, so you're getting these at a discounted price, which totally makes sense. And, right. I mean, we, for those of us who are have been lucky enough to go to the Walt Disney World Resort several times, you, you start running out of getting new colors. I know. Magic we've, bands, got, okay? we've gotten multiples of many of the colors, right? <laughs> and, and sometimes it's like, I want to purchase one of those you know, upgraded and character or stylized magic pants, but you know, we get these for free. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I want to pay, you know, 25, 30 bucks right? for a magic band? So this is a great balance between the two. It is. And like I said, we're excited about it and it's a, it is wonderful that they're offering this. I think that's something that has people have been wanting for a mm-hmm. while, especially like you said, people have gone multiple times and you know, how many of those can you continue to collect that are the same colors? Right. So this is sweet. Yeah. I, I love this option. Uh, going on from the Disney parks blog, a colorful selection of complimentary magic bands is still available for guests who choose not to upgrade. So you mm-hmm. don't have to upgrade. Right. You can still get, you know, the basic red, blue, black, gray is there a green one no there wasn't black it's gray is it gray i thought there yeah. was a black one sorry you can purchase a black one it looks really nice actually. really <laughs> wow sorry purple yellow orange pink blue blue yeah yeah red i know right. um I, I don't remember. You You always do all our magic bands. I'm like, you're, you're like, what color magic band? You're like, I don't know. Just give me whatever you want. That's yeah, fine. I have to always go back and look. And then we got the the special um, screwdriver so that we could switch off and wow. have the band and the actual disc, disc be a you know, different color mm-hmm. so that they would match what we're wearing and stuff. And Not that we get into this or anything no, like that. No, <laughs> or that we've been spoiled enough that we are lucky enough to have that many magic bands right. and we can uh, shift around. We are very lucky in that regard. Uh, the new upgrade options can also be shipped to guest homes, U.S. addresses only, unfortunately. Sorry for all those in the U.K. and our listeners in Australia, Canada, and some of the other places. If ordered uh, 11 or more days ahead of arrival and can be personalized if done so at least six or more days ahead of arrival so that's cool it is cool yep. good stuff planning to get some yes <laughs> i know gotta pick them gotta pick them out tough ones to yeah pick out. interesting uh finally we head back to the disneyland resort for a couple of new details about star wars galaxy's Woo! edge we're less than three weeks away i can't believe how excited we are about this uh according to the orange county register they have some details about what's going to happen uh colored wristbands will be handed out to anyone who has a galaxy's edge reservation from may 31st to june 23rd of course that's the only way you can enter into star wars galaxy's edge during those first few weeks of its opening is if you've already booked a reservation Uh, all of the as far as i know right now all of the free reservations have been given out you may be able to find someone may drop one you never know you may get lucky i believe there are still some possibilities if you want to book a hotel stay at one of the disneyland resort hotels and if you can book one of those then a reservation during that time period comes with that again those Mm -hmm. resort prices are very expensive just be prepared for that uh but that does give you that option but uh so anyway sorry i moved on to other things but anyway what will happen now is that uh, they will know uh, who has the different four-hour windows? Apparently, the, according to the OC register, uh, they'll be giving you wristbands colored for that four-hour time limit. So, because they'll be having coming pe- people coming in mixing from this reservation time and this reservation right. time, so they'll need to know who to escort out or not allow to stay in there when it's your four-hour time limit. Mm-hmm. So they'll have these wristbands, and it'll be kind of similar if you've been to some of the nighttime ticketed events. They'll have you check your wristbands at the attractions right. or at the canteen 
Argentina or at the various places. And if you show that you have one of those wristbands that's expiring, your time, your reservation time is expiring, they'll kindly be telling you, okay, no, you can't go in here or it's almost time to go or whatever. And then they joked about it. Like, look, if it gets to be that time where your four hour windows up, we're calling the stormtroopers in. Now they joked about that. I don't know if they were so, there was a little truth to that. But that would be amazing. I, I can't imagine there'll be truth to that because everybody will be everybody pushing would for that. Wait. I want, yeah. Yeah, I want yes. the stormtroopers to escort me out to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. But uh, very interesting. Uh, the, also in this article, they suggest that you might want to wait an hour or two before you go into the queue for Smuggler's Run, for Millennium Falcon Smuggler's mm. Run, they suggest that a lot of people who, when, as soon as they get their reservation, the first thing they're going to do is head for that queue. Right. And they suggest, like, back off a little bit, go enjoy some of the rest of the land, and then maybe an hour, an hour and a half in, then go join the queue so you're not in that mad rush when it first True. opens up for your reservation area. They say they're going to try and keep the limits of, during that time period to about... A, two hour at the most of a queue, which is still a long queue, but that's, you know, considering it's an attraction that so many people want to go on, it's not like a six hour queue, you know? And it's the only attraction at first, so it's going to be popular. um, So hopefully that comes through and that will be great. Uh, uh, And we also got some news from the Disney Parks blog who confirmed something we discussed on last week's show that yes, uh, once we get to June 24th and you'll no longer need a reservation to get into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, what they're going to do is essentially an electronic queue where you'll, uh, and they didn't confirm and it will be on the app, I just have to assume it'll be on the app that you'll go in you'll check into the park your ticket will go in and then you'll say i'm here i want to visit star wars galaxy's edge and then it basically it'll say okay we're going to put you in this queue now go have fun around the parks and when it's your turn to go into star wars galaxy's edge if you do get the chance to go in they will buzz you when it's your turn or do something along the lines to electronically signal you it's your turn you can go into star wars galaxy's edge at this point so right uh there was a similar article in the oc um was it OC register right um, that said if you don't use an app on your phone you can get actual printout boarding oh. pass so hmm. that that I actually thought that would be kind of fun to have you know interesting I wonder how they're do you just have to keep revisiting or they do they give you a time or you know I don't know that the story specifically said that uh, okay. um, they, they it just mentioned that there are kiosks throughout the park that will issue the paper boarding pass if you're not using the smartphone app so I don't know um, if, if that's something, like a fast pass where you have a time or right. Well, I mean, if you're not using the app anyways to to say that you're here and you want to go in, it, they must have a place that I would think you're telling them that you want to do that, or maybe that's what you do on the kiosk. Yeah, huh. and then it might put you in a different category that it would tell you. Interesting, when. but it makes sense because not everybody wants to use their phone for this stuff. Download the app, you right? Know, and it, I mean, still people do. Uh, the paper fast passes at Disneyland all the time. So it makes sense that there is another option that if you don't want to have the app on your phone or if you don't want to you know, sign in electronically, that there is another way to do it. It'd just be interesting to see uh, how that works out because it's, you know, the, the I, I like the idea of the, uh, similar to the reservation mm-hmm. system, you know, that they would buzz you or call you or text you or whatever the case may be when your time came up. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Right. They did say that... Um you know, like early morning visitors can go directly to the land without a boarding pass because 
as we've explained in the past at Disneyland and what you just said a few minutes ago is that your fast pass type of things don't work in advance. You, it's like once you have gone through the turnstiles and you're in, then you can actually access that part of the app. So when you're first, when, you know, like rope drop, that's when people are just now getting there. They're, they wouldn't have had time to actually um, give a bunch of boarding passes. So you could possibly do that going without. Um, Boy, know. that that rope drop is going to be insane. Right. That's a rope drop I don't know if I want to be a part of. I know, I know. But they did say that the app would tell you when it's getting full and that at, at what point then boarding passes would be required. Yeah. So. Interesting stuff. Wow. That's yeah, good. Yeah. And it's, uh, it'll also be interesting. I think that Walt Disney World is paying close attention to this mm-hmm. because they, they have to figure out how they're going to approach this. I'm sure they have things in mind, but uh, some of the things they learned from the Disneyland Resort, I bet you will come into play when they finally open up uh, at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at the Walt Disney World Resort on August 29th. True. So cool. Good stuff. That's it for my Disney stories of the week. Do you have anything by the way, Michelle? Um, no, actually the, I was going to give some of the stuff that you already talked about. So I think you covered I stole it your exceptionally stuff. well. I stole your stuff. Not I apologize all, for that on all. Mother's Day. <laughs> what, a, what a bad way to celebrate Mother's Day by no. stealing some of her stories. <laughs> I'm a bad person. Bad not person. at all. Not at all. I, I was glad that you covered it and you did it well and very extensively. You covered more things than I would have said about them so tell you what i'll treat you to some dinner and a cocktail here i like it and make up for it a little bit nice so oh well in that case let's move on to our vacation tips of the week of course we always wrap up our show every week with some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation or your next visit to the parks run disney disney cruise line disney vacation club whatever we may be try to have something for you to kind of get you set for your next trip and we always start with Michelle. One, because she's the <laughs> wonderfulest Disney mom in the world. <laughs> so she's wonderful. fantastic. She's so great. I'm so but lucky. also because she always has the best tips. It's just hands down the best tips. I even steal them from her because her tips are so great. And I take total credit for it myself <laughs> because that's just what I do. I'm just kind of that kind of guy. No. But she has great tips. I might be stealing. As a matter of fact, I have a tip today that I'm not sure if she stole if I I'm excuse me if I stole from her or, or if it's something I came up with myself but I'll probably give her credit for it anyway so yeah, anyway you're, you're pretty original let's get to Michelle's tip of the week well thank you honey and actually I'm going to give um a twofer today for Mother's Day but one of them is just a real quick actually um tip about mothers and that is reminding everybody about Disney's mom's panel and so if you ever have questions about an upcoming vacation uh you can you can access them on their website and their app and you can you know look to see if somebody's already asked a similar question or maybe you have a a new question to ask or because things have changed the answer might you might feel is outdated from changes in the park so that's a great resource to have is is to know that you can go ask your question at the mom's panel so for mom's day the mom's panel but the other thing I wanted to my secondary tip my main tip is really about family gatherings and again in honor of mother's day you know how to have a family gathering at the Walt Disney World Resort and there's really so many ways to mention too many to mention on that but you know um, one of the things that we like to do is is gather family, especially if there's some coming or nearby 
the the resort and bring them over to join us. And so obviously at the Disney Vacation Club Villas, that's a great way to be able to have that opportunity because they have full kitchens and dishes and space and tables and things like that. But if you're not a DVC owner, you can still go to a villa. Um, you can go to certain websites that you can arrange to rent points mm -hmm. from somebody. But another easy way to do that is to actually just through the Walt Disney World site is reserve a cabin at their Fort Wilderness campgrounds. And we talked about the campgrounds a little bit with the restaurant uh, a little earlier mm -hmm. here today, but um, we've stayed at the cabins. It's become one of one of our most cherished there on locations. Our trip coming up soon. That's right. So um, it can really be a place to create special moments and special memories. And I know that we have some very special memories of being at the cabins and having some family members come out and join us for a meal. So talking about the cabins, uh, in terms of staying there, there's enough space for six people to, to sleep there. Uh, it has all the conveniences of the Disney resort. So, you know, your transportation, your magic fans, <laughs> you know, the Disney Express, everything, because it is a Disney resort. Uh, and it also has a full kitchen and dishes and living room. Uh, they provide daily maid service. So, get, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Um, and that's a little different than the Vacation Club resorts. So it's a really convenient area to be in and the the cabins the setting is just right. if you would I think you'd agree with me it's just beautiful you're you're in the woods I mean it's not the I don't want people to misinterpret that it's really thick woods but you do have a lot of trees and mm -hmm. bushes around you so you have some areas of space between the other cabins you know We've seen some places that have had cabins or where you bring your trailers and you're, you're really close to, your, to the person next to you. And that's not the case here. But what's really convenient that we find with family gatherings is they have a porch that has a full-size picnic table on it. And that's where you can really have a lot of magic happening there. So uh, you can have a group of, like let's say, up to 10 sitting around on that picnic table. Uh, if you have a larger group, you might want to also use the table inside. And so what we've done sometimes is we've had the kids table on the inside so they can have also the TV and things and all the adults be outside. Uh, if you want to have something even larger, you know, you can use the whole area and just, you know, rather than having a sit down meal, have more snacks or finger mm -hmm. foods and things like that. But using what what's available for you there at the Disney resorts to have these special memories begin with family gatherings is what would be my tip for today. Yeah, that's a great tip. Uh, the, we're going to get into it. We've already have a plan that some episode at some point, we're going to get really into uh, the Fort Wilderness campgrounds and mm -hmm. cabins because uh, it's one of our favorite spots. We are Disney vacation club members and it's the one spot that we will avoid using points on because we love it that much right. is that we will go and stay there specifically because of that fact. Uh, it just for so many reasons and we'll get into that in another episode, but it is really a great, great spot. It's really feels luxurious yet you feel it feels rustic at the same time mm -hmm. it, it we can't recommend it enough so definitely check it out if you ever if you ever considered it if you ever thought about it if it, it, it is not the cheapest rooms that you'll find at the walt disney world resort yeah. uh but it, they they for what you get i actually find their prices to be uh fairly reasonable, reasonable. Mm -hmm. yeah that's right yeah and you know and again like you mentioned we're 
have a trip coming up pretty soon with family and um, with multiple families, and we're all going to have our own cabins, but we're going to be able to be, you know, as we talked about in a previous tip, you know, linked so that we're going to be close by each other and, you know, just be able to come together for certain meals, you know, or snacks or desserts or whatever. And and it's just such a fun time to do that there. It's a great atmosphere. Really great. Like I said, we're going to get into that whole uh, Fort Wilderness episode at some point in the future, but uh, definitely recommend it. Definitely recommend it. Great tip. Michelle's tip. Always the best tip. (laughs) Always the best tip. Let's get to my tip, which is probably stolen from her because she has such great tips. But I'm going to talk to you a little bit about choosing your seat location at restaurants at the, at the, resorts mm-hmm. because of the fact that we we one we just talked about the space restaurant coming up here right. i don't know if their uh, their dining room is going to be just one big dining room or if they're going to have separate uh, uh areas for dining mm-hmm. in there like some of the resorts have some of the excuse me some of the restaurants have around the resorts uh but you should know about some of these things when you're going to plan out some of these great dining experiences uh, one of the things most of us look forward to when you are planning a trip out to whether it be the Walt Disney World Resort or the Disneyland Resort is eating at the parks or at the mm-hmm. various resorts. Right. There are so many great restaurants that you want to check out and you make those reservations very early because of that. If you don't know when you can make reservations for these different resorts, at the Walt Disney World Resort, you can make advanced dining reservations 180 days from the start of your trip. If you're staying on property at the Walt Disney World Resort, you can make those for the entire length of your trip up to 10 days. So right. that day one, you can do day nine. Uh, you can sure. do that. If, you can, if you're not staying at the Walt Disney World Resort uh, on property, you can still make those reservations, those advanced dining reservations, 180 days out. However, you can only do them day by day. So 180 days from day one, right. 180 days from day two, 180 days from day three, et cetera. And there are many restaurants that you will want to jump on at the first opportunity yes. because they will book up very quickly. If you're staying um, at the Disneyland Resort, or even if you're not, it doesn't matter. You can make 60-day advance mm-hmm. reservations for the Disneyland Resort for any of their restaurants. There's a few that you'll want to book early if possible to get into them as well. Now, uh, what you want to know is when you make those reservations, uh, check out which ones you will need to make early and others that you don't necessarily need to pay attention to. Um, Be our guest at Magic Kingdom. You'll want to jump on that as early as possible. It's very popular. You'll want to get that reservation. Lamplighter Lounge at uh, the Disney California Adventure Park at Disneyland. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Definitely want to jump on a reservation for that as early as possible. You can get into both of those restaurants, possibly even the day of, but you may be waiting a very long time and you may never get in. You just Mm -hmm. never know for sure but that's why it's always good if you want to plot out your day and know how to do it get those reservations early now one thing about these resorts and or excuse me these restaurants i keep mixing up my resorts and restaurants <laughs> it's one of those days um is the fact that there are special places that you really want to sit to get the best ambiance the best feel right. out of these restaurants now let's look at some of the things i just mentioned if you talk about uh be our guest okay they have three dining rooms at be our guest okay there's the grand ballroom which is kind of the main big dining room that you first walk into when you if you go past reception into that area right. then there are a couple other ones there's the west wing and the castle gallery now you're experience there may be different depending on where you're sitting in these restaurants. The grand ballroom can be very big and kind of a little noisier. And I, you know, you may not get the full ambiance out of it. 
you may want to try and get a, a, a seat in the West Wing or in the Castle Gallery instead. A, res, a, a restaurant that we book reservations for, but isn't quite as important as like, say, Be Our Guest. We do this all the time. It's the Jungle Navigation Company Limited Skipper Canteen. Yes. It's one of our favorite restaurants. We hit it every time we go to the Walt Disney World Resort when we're at Magic Kingdom. Uh, they have the mess hall, which is the main dining room. They also have the jungle room and the C room, S-E-A room. You want to get the jungle room or the the C room. Right. They are much more quaint much more quiet. They just feel a little bit more intimate. You want to get there. Now, when you get to these places, yes, you may have to wait a little longer. Even though you have a reservation, you may have to wait a little longer. But to us, it's so worth it to just ask, can we please be seated in these spots? Because of the fact that it just enhances the experience so much. That's very true. You know, I mean, and, you know, for some families, they might like the the larger Mm -hmm. room. It, you know, has... You know, especially for kids, they might like that feeling of, you know, hey, if I if your if your kid is, you know, a little loud or something like that, it's not going to be as noticeable mm-hmm. as some of the others. And not that they're silent, but it's like you're saying, it's more quaint. Right. And so it's just it's just one of those things that may you're 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 excited. You've never been to be our guest. You've never been to the Skipper Canteen. You've never been to some of these places. You want to have the best possible result when you go there. You want to feel like I this was worthy of me. Yes. You know getting there 180 days out, being on there, booking this thing as soon as possible. You want it. And so something you may want to think about that. It's not for everybody, but you may want to think about one thing I will tell you is if you're going to the Disneyland resort and you're going to book another place that you're going to have to book really early on, that's the blue Bayou restaurant, which if you don't know, that's the restaurant that sits right in the middle of pirates of the Caribbean. So when people get on the attraction and they're floating down the Bayou, the restaurant is right next to it. It could be a completely different experience. If you're sitting in the middle or the back part of that restaurant versus right next to the, the water, water where mm-hmm. the boats are going by and everything. I, I can't tell you enough that if you go there, it's worth it to wait a little longer to get a waterside table. Because yes. if you get one that's closer to the entrance or even in the middle, it'll feel like, yes, you have a little bit of the ambiance, but you're still going to feel like you're more in the middle of just a regular restaurant there on, at the Disneyland Resort. It, right. it just changes things so much. The food is good. It's not the best food you're going to get at the park. <laughs> so you kind of want that ambiance to kind of boost it up yes. the best you can. It's worth it. Please, if you're going to get a reservation there, ask for a waterside table. It's worth an extra 45 minute wait, whatever it may be to get that table. Absolutely. You know, and that's a great tip, you know, because one, the cast members really do want to try to help you as much as possible. And, you know, if they can, they will, they will accommodate your, your request, you know, but the other thing is we're kind of speaking from experience. We've had experiences from both perspectives and it makes a huge difference sometimes now not every restaurant is like that but but the ones that you named definitely true that you can have a much more enhanced experience having a seating in a different area Mm -hmm. so great great tip. I'm pretty sure I stole that from you, but, uh, part of it, not all of it. I thought so. I thought so. Like I said, that's how good her tips are. I have to steal them from her. No, no. 
I think you added some things that I didn't have. So yeah. Good, well, good job. Thank you. <laughs> That's it for this week's episode. Uh, next week, we're actually going to get set early. We're not going to do, we're not going to record what well, we are going to be recording on Memorial Day weekend, but we're not going to, you know, talk about Memorial Day weekend on Memorial Day weekend. We're going to get you set for Memorial Day weekend with our memories of some attractions that are no longer with us right. at some of the parks. <laughs> so that's going to be a lot of fun. It is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And we've got a lot of other stuff coming up, but it's going to be an exciting episode coming next week. So we hope you join us. Uh, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And you can always email us, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. And again, we do love hearing from you. Share your thoughts with us. We appreciate the wonderful, um, we really appreciate the wonderful things that you have already shared with us in terms of what you like about our show. And if you have other ideas or if you want us to switch things up, hey, we want to hear from you. Right. Absolutely. We love hearing from all our Hyperion Adventures. We are an interactive show and you guys are all the best. Uh, speaking of this, you can find us on HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. That site is going to be, uh, we're going to start pushing that website more because we really want to polish it up and really have it be a good website for many different things that we do. We do write some uh, some blogs on there as well. We're going to be posting a lot of our tips on there in the future, near future. There's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be coming on with that website. You can also, the best way to get us is subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Google Podcasts. Those are the ones you really want to hit. You can also find us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And if you have the moment, please tell a friend about us. And if you have a little more time, a rating and review would really help us in so many ways. Truly will, and we would really appreciate it. So thank you again uh, for joining us on the Hyperion Adventures podcast. All, all you mothers out there, we love you so yes. much. A very, very happy Mother's happy Day to mother's you all. Day. You all are wonderful. You help us make it through every day, every week, every month, every year. You are our guiding lights. Thank you, mothers. Right. No matter what day you're listening to this podcast, it's Mother's Day. It's Mother's <laughs> Day every day of the year. Even on Father's Day, it's sometimes a little bit of Mother's Day. So... Anyway, we look forward to sharing some more time with you again next week. But until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.